0: Turn with me, please, this morning to Acts, the first chapter, Acts chapter 1, and then 2 Timothy chapter 1. Acts 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost, ghost is an old English word for spirit, after the Holy Spirit. It's come upon you. And what is the result of this this power you receive? You shall be witnesses. No, no, he didn't just say you shall go a witnessing. No. No, he didn't. (laughs) You shall be. This is not something you do once in a while. This is something you are. 24 7, everywhere you go, and everything you do. You shall be Witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth, the witness, the influence of the witness would expand and increase. And so more and more would be influenced by the witness. Let me read this to you from the Living Bible. The Living Bible says, When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you'll receive power to testify. About me. With great effect. The weest translation says. You shall receive power of the kind. Which God has. And exerts. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be those. Who testify. Of what they have seen. And experienced. My witnesses. Both in Jerusalem. And in all Judea. And in Samaria. And to the end of the earth. Now. We've already covered a lot of ground in previous uh, sessions on this, and we saw that a lot of people have had a wrong idea, and it it, has been perpetuated from the pulpit, that in order to witness, you had to preach, that basically everybody should learn how to preach some kind of evangelistic sermonette, and that you had a duty to go out and find people And preach these sermonettes to them. And that that is witnessing. And that's not what the word says. That's men changing something. We read and studied in James and other places. First Corinthians. That uh, not many of us should try to be preachers. Not many of us are called to be Bible teachers and preachers. Hey, you know, there's a large number worldwide, but he's talking about percentage-wise. Yeah. Not a large percentage of the body of Christ is called and anointed to stand behind a pulpit and preach or teach. Well, how does that correspond with people thinking that everybody should go preach? It doesn't. <laughs> and so what you've had is people who've done nothing because they thought they had to preach. And they didn't feel comfortable preaching. Or they tried it one time and it didn't turn out well. They, they, <laughs> you should see the looks I'm getting across the crowd. People are going, yeah, that's right. I, yeah, I, I know it. It didn't work out good for me. People think, you know, I've got I to learn my verses. And then they find somebody and they try to preach to them. And they, they lost track of what they were doing. They couldn't remember their verses they got a couple of them crossed up, and they're thinking, oh, man. And and, and when they got through, they thought, I'm not doing that again. So then you got people that go years and do nothing. And then you got folks that do too much because they think they're supposed to preach. So, uh, you know, they're always trying to preach to people and and, and tell them what they believe and, and tell them something they heard somebody else preach. And don't realize that a lot of these folks want them to hush. Yes. They don't want to hear what they're saying. Right. Right. And so people are doing too much because they think they have to preach, and people are doing nothing because they think they have to preach. And not all of us are called to preach and teach. Yeah. And yet, all of us that have received Jesus and the Holy Spirit have received power to do what? Yes. To be a witness, that's not the same thing as being a preacher, to testify of what you have seen and heard and know. Personal, eyewitness, testimony. And you can do that. Everybody who knows the Lord has a testimony. Come on, how many in here know you're born again? I want to know, you, you know you've met the Lord, you know you're born again. You were there when it happened. Is that right? You know. Well, then could you testify to that effect? Could you say, I was there, I went to the altar, or I prayed uh, with the TV, or whatever the case might be, and the Lord Jesus came into my heart and life, and it was real, and I know him, and he's real to me. Could you do that? Well, the Bible said there's power in that. There's power in that. And it is far greater and more important than we've known. That's not the same thing as teaching a Bible lesson or trying to preach. And it's not telling folks what you believe. It's not telling people what you believe or what your church believes or what somebody else preached. It's telling what you personally know. I was there. I saw it. I heard it. How many has the Lord healed you of something? You were there. Right? Right? You know what happened. Well, could you testify about it? Yes. Could you say, hey, I was like this, and this was going on, and, and I needed this, and, and I prayed, and the Lord had mercy on me, and next thing you know, it turned and changed, and, and now I'm good, and hallelujah. Amen. Could you give that testimony? Amen. How many would say, the Lord has helped you and met your needs? Amen. You were in need, you you needed something, you didn't know how to get it, you weren't in position and you prayed, you asked the Lord, you sowed a seed, whatever the case might be and the Lord set some things in motion and it turned out where you got what you needed, it worked out perfectly, it's something you couldn't have worked out, you couldn't have conceived. Well, could you testify to that? Well, in the courts of our land, eyewitness testimony is credible evidence. It's evidence. And you and I, our faith, our testimony is hard evidence in this world of the reality of a good God and a faithful God, a real God who hears prayers and answers them. Somebody say, I'm a witness, I'm a a true witness. Of what the, what the Lord has done for me. So why do you have us say those things? Well, if you can't say it in here with us, then how are you going to be a witness around other folks that might not be so friendly? I mean, right? I mean, there's a number of reasons. why you need to be free and vocal in here. Besides that, uh, the church, that's always been the way the church was to operate. People have gotten quiet through religious changes yeah, made yeah, over the years. That's right, that's right. I know the Lord asked me one time, I don't mean to hurt a voice, but inside me, like you'll speak to any Christian if you'll learn how to listen. I was, I was reading and studying some things in the Old Testament, and the Spirit of God prompted me, did I notice what kind of people God chose? Talking about the Israelites. What kind of people? You know, he chose them from among all the nations and groups of that time. And I thought, no, Lord, I, what, what does that mean? What kind of people? And he gave me this phrase. He said, they were expressive souls. They were expressive souls. Come on, say that term out loud. It. Now, see, if you didn't say that just then, what would that indicate? Not not so expressive, is that right? And uh, he began to remind me, if you read the Old Testament, you read about the Israelites, if they got mad, buddy, you knew it. Is that right? They strapped on their swords and went to war and they hollered and they yelled, is that right? If they were sad, you knew it. Tear the clothes through dirt and ashes in the air, is that right? And wail and cry, you could hear them half a mile away, is that right? And if they're happy, oh, buddy, kill the fatted calf. Is that right? The Bible said you could hear the music and dancing when you can hear the dancing before you get there. Not just the music. You hear the dancing. I mean, that's like clogging or something. I mean, is that right there? They're getting with it. Is that right? He said, that's the kind of people I chose. And there's a lot of qualities and spiritual good qualities that go along with that. Being stiff and unresponsive is indicative of a hard heart, Amen. which is not good. An unyielded person, an unresponsive, unyielded individual. And sometimes people say, "Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, it's just not the, not me. That's, I'm I'm just." I'm just in luck. A lot of times I say you, is bound the word you're looking for? Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to me about where you grew up or your age or your color or your background. Everybody can be free. Everybody can be free. And he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And if you're free, you're free to believe, you're free to love, you're free to have joy, you're free to have peace, you're ready to sing, you're free to shout. Is that right? So you got no problem sitting up in Faith Life Church. And making a confession. is You got no problem with that. And when things get right, man, you'll bust a move. You could break out. You could dance. You could run. Why? Because you're free. You're free. Somebody say, I'm free. I'm free. Thank you, Lord. See, all this stuff about, you know, when God's done something for you, it's not time for you to choke. Amen. It's been so good to me. Well, why don't you say thank you? Why don't you? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. When, when God's blessed you with family and friends and, and you love them, it's not time to choke. It's uh-uh. not yeah. time to go, <laughs> you, you know I care. I'm sorry, I just can't express. My, quit saying that. Yeah. Right. Quit saying you can't express. Quit making excuses about how you grew up, about how your daddy was. Quit it. Just quit it. Do you want to please God? Then yield to his spirit. And when it's time to laugh, you laugh. When it's time to shout, you shout. When it's time to cry, you cry. You yield. You respond. And you'll find something will break inside of you and you'll get loose. And you'll get free. Yes. And you'll be happy about it. Yes. You'll be happy. Yes. And all the people that live with you will be happy about it. Yes. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some of you didn't know what you were getting into when you came in this church today. Didn't? God is real. Yes. I said, God is real. Yes. His things are real.
1: Yes.
0: And, uh, you know, we, we are how we have become. Not how we have to be. People say, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Good news. You're not an old dog. You are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. New. You can change. It's not can you. It's will you. Will you, are you willing to let the Lord work in you? Come on, everybody, pray this prayer. Put your hand on your midsection here. Say it out loud. Lord, Lord work, in me work in me to will, to will and, to do and to do of all your good pleasure. All your good. Work, in me work in me, in my soul, in my, soul, in my mind, in my, mind in, my heart, in my heart, that which pleases you well. I'm willing to change change. in Jesus' name. name. Glory to God. God. You believe that's his will? Then expect an answer to that prayer. Expect. What will happen happen is something will be going on and it'll be time for you to express some things and you'll start to choke and the Spirit of God will go, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, come on, here we go. (laughs) And you'll have to decide what you're going to do. And you'll be glad that you do. Life is short. Life is very, very, very short. When it comes upon your heart that you love your people, tell them you love them. Amen. Tell them. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Grab them. Amen. Hug them. Amen. Tell them. Tell them you love them. Amen. Tell them they're wonderful. Right. Don't don't just choke and, and push stuff down. That's ignorant. That's being dumb. Amen. Amen. And then you see people, you know, maybe somebody went to heaven before they did and they're crying their eyes out and heaving. I never told them this. Well, why why not? You didn't have any good excuse. Here's the good news. You're alive. You're breathing. You can have opportunities right now, today. Express thanks. Express gratitude. Say it. Say it. Say it. Thank you, Lord. And that's not in my notes anywhere. But here we are. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And we're going to read more than one verse here in this chapter. It says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Isn't that what we were just talking about? I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why people choke. They're afraid. Somebody might think I'm weak. I'm not a real man. I'm crying. They're afraid if they open up somebody might laugh at you. Forget about all that. You be genuine. You be real. And if they respond wrong, they're the ones making the mistake. Right? Not you. They need to get free too. You can show them a good example. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. A lot of people are familiar with this verse, but verse 8 goes with it. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. So this uh, not receiving the spirit of fear, but having a spirit of power, love, and sound mind is connected to testifying. Is connected to being a witness. What did our text say in Acts 1 8? You'll receive what? Power. Well, this is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of power. And by this power, you'll be witnesses. It's saying the same thing. But you see that he says, uh, Don't be ashamed. Somebody say, Don't be ashamed. ashamed. And uh, if you skip on down to verse 12. He, say, he brings up the thought again. He said, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Now, Paul endured all kind of persecution, including imprisonment, including being stoned. And why? Why? Over, among other things, his testimony. Now, he was also a, a preacher and a teacher. But a lot of times, he wasn't preaching or just preaching, he was given his testimony. Have you noticed more than once in the book of Acts, he gave his testimony how he was all messed up, persecuting the church, and one day on the road to Damascus. He met the master. See, that, that's not preaching and teaching. He's giving his testimony. He's telling you, he said, I was an eyewitness. I was on that road. Jesus showed up, spoke to me. I heard him. And he got born again. And he's given his testimony, and how many know before it was over, he gave that testimony in front of kings? Yes. Didn't he? he did. I reckon Caesar himself. Yeah. Is that right? Amen. He did. It's recorded. Yeah. And, uh, King, uh, you know, Felix and Festus and King Agrippa and, and, and his wife, and I mean, he gave that testimony over and over again. And because of it, he was persecuted. But notice his response. Nevertheless, what? I am not ashamed ashamed of this testimony. I'm not backing down off of it. I'm not changing. Why? Because it's the truth. I was there. It happened to me. And he was bold to proclaim it. How many think you and I need to be unashamed of what God has done for us? And willing to. As it's right and as the Lord would provide opportunity, we're willing to testify in front of anybody. Is that right? It's just telling the truth. Right? Telling the truth. Did he save you or not? Did he heal you or not? Did he meet your needs or not? You were there. You're a witness. And, and we need to, to not have the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind and be absolutely unashamed. Said out loud. I am not ashamed, not ashamed of what God has done for me. Done me. I'm, not I'm not ashamed to give testimony, testimony. In, front anybody, in front of anybody, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere anytime. anytime. <laughs> now, I'm not saying you're supposed to try to tell people your testimony, everybody, everywhere you meet. I'm not saying that. But there are times when you'll know. Yep, time to speak up. So you're not one of them. You go, I am. Actually, I am. I'm one of the ringleaders of them. And don't blink an eye when you say it. We're not making any apologies. If they're not one of them, they need to become one of them. Is that right? One of them saved. Yes. One of them filled. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. If you skip down, he, he said, I'm not ashamed. And he, he brings this up again a third time. He said in verse 15, This you know that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was what? See, he keeps bringing this up. Not ashamed. Not ashamed. Now see, Paul... It was not having at this point. He's not having a big meeting in a nice facility. He's over in a stinky jail cell. Is that right? And popular and public opinion is not blowing his way. He's on the outs with the Jewish leaders. Is that right? A lot of folks are not lining up to be associated with him. People are bailing on him. But not Oni. <laughs> Onesiphorus. Not Oni. He showed up. He didn't care who sees and knows. I believe in Jesus. And I'm Paul's buddy too. Is that right? I'm not ashamed. Who are you here to see? Not that crazy preacher. Hey, that's my father in the faith. Yes, I'm here to see the man of God. You don't want to be seen with him. Yes, I do. Take my picture. Standing by the bars with Paul. Take my picture. I'm not ashamed of my association with Jesus. I'm not ashamed of my association with his people. His people. His ministers. His word. His church. His things. Don't care who sees and knows. And we need to be this way. I said, we need to be this way for a number of reasons. Go with me, please, to Matthew. Begin to see what, why. Go to Matthew, please, and let's see. Matthew 12 and 37. One thing I'm seeing as we get into this series on being a true witness, I'm learning, personally, that I did not realize how important our testimony is. I saw a a tiny little bit, but man, the more I get into it, our testimony is worth dying over. It is one of the most important things going on down here on the earth in our life, and I hadn't seen it. Like I needed to have seen it. And perhaps you haven't. But the Lord's helping us with that. We're getting enlightened. And what we need to see. Is to see our witness and testimony. Through God's eyes. As he sees it. And I believe as you do. Well I'm confident from the word. As you do. You're going to come to an awareness. I never knew it was that important. I never realized. It was that big. That's significant. But notice here, we're going to read two things together and you'll see how they fit. Jesus said, By your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Both ways. It's going to happen how? By By your words, by what you say. You could say, By your witness, by your testimony, by your confession. By what you say. We didn't read it. But in past times we've read Revelation. Where it talked about the accuser of the brethren. That accused them before their God night and day. And it said the saints overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb. Lamb And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. What does that mean? They kept that testimony even when it cost them their life. Would you? Yeah. That's a weak response there, boy. That's... <laughs> woo. Should we? Yes. Should we? Yes. They kept their testimony unto death. Yeah. They, Many of them. I mean, if you've read church history, if you've read history, you know. There are numerous, numerous times where Christians, men and women, were given a choice. Yeah. Recant your faith. Yeah. Deny your confession or die today. Yeah. Be thrown to the lions, yep. be put on the rack, have you have you be run through with a sword, be pushed off a cliff. I mean it's happened thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Yep. It's still happening in other countries particularly. Yes. People are dying for their faith. Yep. And they could be free if they would just recant their testimony. Yep. But I tell you what, if it ever comes to that choice with you, I'm gonna tell you right now which one to pick. Yes. <laughs> I said, I'm going to tell you right now which one to pick. Choose death over losing your testimony. Because you're going to die anyway. Is that right? So you're going to die anyway. Just a few more breaths, you're going to be out of here. And what's going to happen when you die? Who are you going to see? Who are you going to see? Well, what do you want the last words out of your mouth to be? Right before you see him. I, love you. I don't believe in him. I'm recanting all that Christian stuff. No, no, no. The Bible actually says that if you die for your testimony, you receive a better resurrection. And what does that mean? I don't know all it means, but it sounds good to me. How about you? Sounds good to me. Now, I'm not talking about being foolish and running off somewhere and trying to get killed for being a Christian. That's tempting God. I said, that's tempting God. And you could just have your life cut short for no reason and not receive any reward for it. But every one of us, it might, it might not be death, but every one of us will have situations in our life where the spotlight's on us and it turns to us for a testimony. And what are we going to say and do? It might be at the workplace. It might be in your neighborhood or or wherever it might be. But it's going to come down to it. What do you stand for? Who do you stand for? Is that right? What is your witness? What is your testimony? And it's going to be time for you to stand up and testify. And if you'll do it in faith, power will come. Oh, somebody say power. Power. Will come, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll testify about me. Amen. now, in mark eight, mark the eighth chapter and verse thirty eight mark eight thirty eight whoever, therefore, Jesus said, shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. of him also, shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is serious, isn't it? Uh, Verse 39, what is it? There is no 39. That's what I was wondering about. I'm putting two scriptures together here. Uh, If you go back to Matthew's account, not right now, but he, he links both together There's more than one of these accounts in in the Gospels where he talks about the other side too. That if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. We read about it, some of this in Timothy as well. Both ways and we see when he comes. So do you want to be ashamed of him down here? Timothy talked about if we deny him, deny us but he can't deny himself. But if we confess him, he'll confess us. How many want the master to claim you in front of God, in front of the angels, in front of three realms and and all the beings on that day to come? Or do you want him to be ashamed of you? Now, here's something we need a revelation of. We have a testimony, we have a witness, whether we give it or not, but God is witness, and he bears witness. God testifies. Let me read some scripture to you. God testifies, and he testifies to specific things. Romans 1.9, you don't have to turn to these, but I'll just read them to you. They'll put them up on the screen for us. Romans one nine begins by saying, for God is my witness. Now, we've heard that phrase before, but it's probably just been a religious something to you. You didn't even know, didn't even think about what it meant. What it means, what does a witness do?
1: Testifies.
0: A witness testifies about what? what about what they have seen and heard and know. Elsewise you don't qualify to be a witness. What you're saying is hearsay. But what's God testifying about? What he sees. What he's heard. What he knows. About you. And me. Paul said God's my witness. In uh, 1 Thessalonians two five he makes this this statement, God is witness. And again in verse 10, he said, you are witnesses and God also. Now in Job 16, 19, listen to this. I, I like this one. Job 16, 19, he said, behold, my witness is in heaven and my record is on high. But to Young's literal translation, author of Young's concordance, he said, lo, in the heavens is my witness and my testifier in the high places. (laughs) That's the literal rendering. My testifier is in the high places. Glory to God. God testifies. Well, Jesus will confess us in that day if we confess him here and now. That's why you heard us sometimes if we give altar calls. I'll refer to this oftentimes. Because I believe it to be so significant. You can't be a closet Christian. That's what water baptism's about. It's about publicly. Demonstrating. Letting everybody see and know. I mean there's some countries today. That if you get baptized in water publicly. Your family will cut you off. You'll lose your job. For identifying with Him. And so it's not okay. That you work at a place. For ten years. And nobody there knows you're a Christian. Amen. That you're around people. Year after year. And if somebody asked them. Are they a Christian? They, they wouldn't know. Because you're, you're ashamed of it. And you won't say anything about it not talking about trying to push something down people's throat. not talking about trying to preach. Just talking about when it comes up. And it will come up. When it comes up and you know it's time to testify. Right? That you don't run and hide. You don't change the subject. You don't look down at the floor. You don't act sheepish. You don't apologize for believing in him. Right. You are unashamed. Amen. And if you practice doing this in life, mm-hmm. at work, at home, relatives, friends, then if you ever need to do it in front of a firing squad, <laughs> you <can do> it. <laughs> you'll be ready. Is that right? You, you'll be ready. Amen. But if you can't do it at the water cooler, <laughs> you're probably going to fold like a wet sack. <laughs> At the firing squad. You'll be crying and asking for mama. (laughs) Saying anything they want you to say. Come on are y'all with me? That's that's no way to live. God didn't give us the spirit of fear. We're not going to live like cowards. He gave us the spirit of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. And I'm not ashamed. Of him. Nor his. Hallelujah. So I I could give you other scriptures, but God bears witness and testifies. Now go to 1 Peter with me, 1 Peter 1, and let's look at specifically what God testifies about. Jesus had said, if you're ashamed of me and my words before this wicked and adulterous generation. Now let's just stop. Why would he say that? Because it is so foolish To care what some of these people think. Who are they? they? What does it matter? What they think. I know sometimes people have said negative stuff about me. And and, and at first response I started to take it to heart. And let it bother me. And the Lord had prompted me and said. Who are they? What does it matter what they say? Brother Kenneth Copeland. Miss Gloria Copeland. They've been criticized by experts. <laughs> and uh, he said some, he, and he said this one time, I thought it's great, and I know he's got personal experience." He said, "No matter what kind of article they put in the paper about, about you, just remember, uh, day after tomorrow, that'll be in the bottom of a bird cage." Yeah. <laughs> and the bird knows what to do with it. And so much of the I don't care if it was on the five o'clock news. Yeah. How many understand all the stuff that was on the five o'clock news last week? How much of it do you remember right now? I mean, Amen. it's it is so transitory and so much of it matters so little Amen. and not at all. And and to take it to heart and to get hurt over it and offended and all twisted up is just being foolish. Amen. And that's why Jesus is saying you going to be ashamed of me Amen. and my words in front of this bunch? Yeah. This evil, Amen. adulterous generation? Amen. Why would I even care Amen. what a lot of them might say? Because their words, so many people's words in this earth, when they come out of their mouth, they fall. Yeah. And they hit the ground and that's it. And they don't mean anything and never will. But what God thinks and what he says matters and is forever. And so he went on to say, if you'll confess me before men. Everybody say before men. Can you see both of these are before men. What does it mean before men? In front of people. In front of people. If you'll confess me in front of people. I'll confess you in front of the Father, in front of the Holy Angels. Oh, come on. Do you want that? I want that. I want that. There's coming a day when all of us are going to stand before him. And I'm counting on, I'm counting on Jesus when it comes to my turn and I step up. Jesus is going to smile and go, yeah, he's mine. He's mine. That boy's mine. Keith is mine. I know him. He confessed me in the earth. He was not ashamed of me in the earth. And I'm standing up saying in front of the Father and all the angels and heaven, earth, and hell, Keith Moore is mine. Woo! What will that be worth to you on that day? Well then, uh, what should you and I be doing now? Every opportunity, right? We do not shun, and we do not—we're not ashamed to say, yes, yes, Jesus is mine. Yes, He's my Lord. He's my Savior. Yes, I'm one of them. That's right. Tongue talking, healing, believing prosperity bunch. Yeah, I'm all of it. I'm all. Full gospel. That's yes. yes. me. Yep. Well, what will they think? Well, does it matter all that much? What do they think? No. And if they're not thinking right, they need to get converted. They need to come on in. And they're not going to change if you're trying to adapt to them. Why should they want what you say you are, if you act like you're ashamed of what you are. Why should they want to come be a part of what you're a part of? You will never bring it up. Never act like it's important. Try to hide it, try to cover it up. Come on, somebody said out loud I am not ashamed, I am not ashamed to confess, to confess Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in front of anybody.
1: In front of
0: anybody. I'm a true witness. And I'm a bold witness of what the Lord has done for me. Ooh, I, I've preached myself happy in here in this book. I've preached myself happy. Oh, man. How many said we, we're not talking about fantasy. We, we, in, in just a few more days, a few more breaths, you and I are going to be standing before the Lord. We're going to be standing there. I want to hear. I want to hear. Keith is mine. I want, I want to hear him say that to the Father. I want to hear him say that before the angels and all of y'all and everybody else. Is that right? Everybody else is there. And then I want him to turn and look at me and say, Keith, well done. Well done, boy. You were faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler. Over all of this. And I'm going to dance man. I'm, I'm going to bust a move. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shout. Come on are you? I'm going to shout. I'm going to holler hallelujah. And all y'all going to join with me right? And I'm going to join with you when it's your turn. And we're going to rule and reign with him. And we're going to be with him forever. That's not a fairy tale reality. But right now. Right here. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. First Peter 1. And verse 7. He says that the trial of your faith. Being much more precious. Than gold. That perishes. You know the Bible tells us. There's coming a time when even the very elements of this earth are going to melt with fervent heat. Somebody said, you believe in global warming? No, I go beyond that. I believe in global melting. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he said, uh, gold, as precious as it is, even the elements, it's all gone. And yet your faith is going to remain. And survive all of that. It's more precious than gold that perishes though it be tried with fire. Now, now look at this last part. That it might be found. What might be found? Our faith be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Hold on. Who's going to praise our faith? Who's going to honor our faith? God counts faith most precious. To him, it is very precious. And you've got to remember who we're talking about. The creator of the universe. The heavens and the earth. And out of all the things that he's created to him... Faith is so valuable and so precious that it is the thing it's impossible to please Him without. Faith is actually rare in the earth. A lot of people think it's common. They think, well, look at all these churches and look at all. No, no. It's so rare that the Scripture says, Jesus talked about, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith in the earth. Religion is common. That's not the same thing as faith. Now, go with me to the book of Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter. And I believe you'll see something maybe that hadn't stood out to you as much. You'll see the continuity of this thought throughout this whole chapter. That God is witness. And God bears Testimony to our faith, Hebrews 11 and 1. Isn't the Lord good to us to give us such good things, and yes. open our eyes and and bless us? Uh, you you might think it's funny if you could, uh, you know. Yesterday we flew in and got here afternoon sometime. And I went home. I was tired. And I took a nap, and ate, and got up and by myself at the house. Phyllis is preaching in Branson today. And uh, later at the night, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock, 1, 2 o'clock, I'm at the desk uh, studying. And uh, if you'd have come up behind me, you'd, you you might have been amused by somebody. Once in a while, I just go, glory to God. <laughs> Lord, that's good. Oh, that's good. Thank you for giving that to us. Because I, you know. Truth and revelation does not originate with me or any man or woman. It comes through us, comes from Him and through us, and we'd have nothing and couldn't see or or know it unless He revealed it, unless He gave it to us. But aren't you thankful? I'm thankful that He shows us things and gives us. They're rich, they're precious, they're valuable, and what do they do for us? What comes by the hearing of his anointed word? Faith. Faith. The very thing we're talking about that is so precious to God and pleases him so much that God himself will testify about it in time to come. We talked about the Lord acknowledging and saying, yeah, you know, Keith is one of mine, or your name, Bob, Susie, who's one of mine. But what else is going to go along with that? The Lord is going to say, their faith is real. (laughs) Their faith in me, their faith in the Father, their faith in the blood, their faith in what I've said is genuine. It's authentic. It's been proven, it was proven in the earth for." 70 years, whatever it was that you watched. It was proven in the earth. It was demonstrated over and over. Their faith has passed the test. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
1: Glory Amen. To God.
0: Like gold refined in the fire, Amen. the impurities burn out and what's left is pure gold. Amen. Hallelujah. And you and I, We've been through the fire, we've been through the wind, we've been through the flood, the trial of our faith. Come on, are you listening? And when we come out, nothing but pure faith. Woo! Pure faith. Pure faith that is so... Pre- now, This is this is not temporal, this is eternal. You will have this faith and it will continue to develop and grow a million years from now. You'll still have it. It'll just increase and grow. But it is so precious, this pure faith, that God himself will acknowledge it and praise it like we acknowledged him down here and praised him in front of evil and adulterous generation. We don't care if they mock and scoff and laugh. If somebody's making fun of you, You just think about what it's going to be in that day. When you get there, you can just zone out and go to your happy place. That's right. Any ugly thing that people say, you just keep thinking, consider the source. What in the world do they know about? They don't have a clue. Because if they did, they'd be over here with me. Right? Right? They'd be over here with me. They'd be one of them. Now notice this. Anybody read Hebrews 11 before? What's the theme of it? But you'll notice something else is a companion theme with the subject of faith here. Notice, see if you recognize it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Keep going. For by it, by faith, the elders did what? Obtained a good report. Now this word report is the same word sometimes translated testify or testimony. Young's literal translation says it like that. In this were the elders testified of. Listen to the Amplified. Verse 2. By faith the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. Who testified about them? Well in this book right here whose testimony is this? See so much of this is we know it's God's word but so much of it is God's witness about Moses, Abraham, David. Is that right? Yes. This is the old, what? Testament. What? Testament. What's a testament? testament? Record of a testimony. Yeah. Who gives a testimony? Witness. And so whose witness and testimony is this? Gods. And what's he testifying about? Hebrews 11 is a summary. Of all these accounts throughout the the word of God there. And that God was bearing divine testimony to them. Verse 4. Go to verse 4. This just keeps coming up through this chapter. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he did what? He obtained what? Witness. That he was righteous. Who was the witness? That he was righteous. God. Testifying. Of his. Gifts. And by it. He being dead. Yet speaks. Abel hadn't been on the earth. In a long. Long. Long time. And yet. The faith of Abel is still being witnessed, being testified by God himself. Why are we talking about it today? Because God testified about it, had it recorded in this book, and reminded us of it today. Now here's a thought. Reckon he values your faith. He does. Like he does Abel's. You know he does. He's no respect of persons. If you'll have faith like Abel, God will respect it and testify about it just like he did him. Some people scoff and mock about offerings, but it just shows their ignorance. What did God testify about? Read it specifically. God testified of what? His gifts. You know what? The first murder on the planet was over. An offering. That's how serious this thing is. Why? Because where your treasure is. There's your heart. It reveals your heart. And so Cain. The Bible said he came and brought some stuff. It didn't even describe it. So the indication is something he could live without. But Abel. He brought of the fat of the flock and the best. As I say sometimes, he went out to the the, the flock and he looked and, you know, there's all his sheep. And and there's J.J. and he's a great sheep, but he's got one ear that flops over a little bit, you know. And looked over here and boo-boo, boo-boo's a good sheep. (laughs) But Boo Boo's one leg's a little bit shorter than the other. He kind of kind of walks funny. And he kept looking through the flock. And then he saw. Fluffy. How'd you know who it was? <laughs> Fluffy. Ah. Yeah. Uh, he saw Fluffy. Fluffy. Fluffy is the prettiest sheep in nine counties. Fluffy had nine blue ribbons. Fluffy. There ain't no sheep around like fluffy. And Abel said, God is getting fluffy. I'm giving fluffy to God. Why don't people give better? It's got nothing to do with what they can't afford. It's got to do with what they love most. Come on, can you see this? It's about your heart. It's about your faith. How, when people say, I, I can't afford the tithe. It's got nothing to do with affording. It's about faith. I can't afford to give. That's just not true. It's about you. It's about your faith. You know, the Lord showed me this one time. And and we're not getting ready to take up another offering. Don't get concerned. (laughs) We've already had the offering. But uh, the Lord showed me uh, somebody in an offering. And and, and the Lord dealt with them. They had a five and a, a 20 and a 100 and some other things in their wallet. And the Lord dealt with them to give the hundred. Now He didn't always deal with you to give the biggest thing you got. I'm not saying that. But on this occasion, he dealt with them. The Lord did. Dealt with them to give the hundred. And so they went to get it. And then they thought, hold on now. I gotta put gas in the car. And then we're not gonna have we gotta do this. And, and by the end of the week, we've got to have that. And so they reached over and got to ten. Or the twenty. Well, if the Lord dealt with them to give the hundred, why didn't they do it? They might say couldn't afford it, but that's not true. It's about faith. You know what the problem was? They weren't convinced God could get it back to them by the time they needed it. That's the deal. They weren't convinced if they did this That they would have it to pay the bill. To fill the car. Whatever. They weren't convinced. And so because of fear. That you might not have it. That you might not get it in time. Faith and fear is the issue. Not amounts. Not affording. Why wouldn't you give your best sheep? Because it's your best sheep. It's the best one you got. And so thoughts of fear would come, you know, fluffies like this don't show up every day. Right? I mean, you may not find another fluffy like this yeah. rest of your life. You're just going to give fluffy? That's fear. Yes. And it makes you go get boo-boo. Right. <laughs> <gotta get> because boo-boo. <laughs> right? boo-boo, we're pretty sure we can find another boo-boo. But Fluffy, Fluffy is high-dollar sheep. Fluffy's my breeding stock. Fluffy's my, you know, Fluffy's pictures in the livestock papers. I mean, you know, first thing people are gonna to want to know is what happened to Fluffy. <laughs> but when you have faith, come on. Am I getting off on a side track here? Read the verse. What happened? Why is Abel in Hebrews 11? Because he. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. How did he do it? By faith. That's why he did it. That's why Cain didn't do a good job. It was because of fear and lack of faith. Abel overcame his fear. What, what fear was that? He decided, I love God more than I do anything else. I want to honor God. Fluff is the best I got And I believe God is so good and so faithful. I'll have several fluffies. Right after this, I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to go down. I will have everything I need. God is the creator of fluffies. He's not going to leave me hanging. I'm not going to wind up in worse shape as a result of this. I'm going to wind up in better shape. And so because of his faith, not only did he go ahead and do it and give it, but he did it gladly. He did it willingly. He did it in expectation that he's not losing, but he's just honoring God and and those that honor God, he will honor. But as a result of that, what happened? By which Abel obtained witness that he was righteous, God showed up on the scene. And said he received Abel's offering and it was good and right and Cain's was not. And that's what made Cain so mad he eventually murdered his brother over. it. Even though God told Cain, look if you'll get it together, this is Keith Moore paraphrased, if you'll get it right I'll receive you. I'll accept you just like I did Abel. But how many know you can't fool God? You can't play and And your heart's not right. You don't even try. He knows. He knows. But God testified of Abel's gift of his offering. And even today, all these centuries later, it's talking. His gift, his offering is talking. And God is talking about his offering.
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: It's a witness in the earth. Amen. To this Amen. very moment. Yes. Isn't it? Amen. It's a witness. Did you know the things you and I do in this earth. Can be a witness. Yes. Not only to our generation. But even to future generations. Yes. Oh, Lord. Phyllis and I talked about this a while back. I said. Have you thought about this? Lord Terry's is coming. In a short time. You and I could be out of here, you know, get old and run run your full race and course and then leave and go to heaven and we could be enjoying heaven and these churches and ministries could still be producing fruit down here on the earth while we're in heaven, not even working. So have you thought about that? And anything that we did to obey God can still be speaking. I said it can still be speaking and what's bigger than that God himself can be bearing witness to it testifying that it's right that it's real that it's good and you're still racking up on your investment not even working hanging out in heaven having fun in heaven and it's just fruit being produced right and left in the earth. That makes me happy. That makes, ah, oh man, I, I'm happy about that. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon. But if, you, if I live another, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, whatever it is, it'll go, it's going to go like that. Won't it? We're going to be out of here. Keep reading. Can you see coupled with faith witness? And testimony. Let's read just a couple more of these and then I think we'll, we'll be done for the day. We can unhook and hook back up here next time. The Bible said in verse 5, very next verse. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, what happened? See, that's how the, book, the chapter starts out in verse 2, talking about testimony as, as pertains to faith. Before Enoch left this place, God translated him. Now, that's amazing. The man didn't die. He didn't die. Translate is like transport. You're in one place, and then you're taken and transported to another place. This happened in the book of Acts. Who was it? Philip was translated to Azotus. He was in one town. Next thing you know, he's over there. Only thing I've found faster than a good jet. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to learn more about it. This is... Think of how many cities you could hit in a day. (laughs) Doing that. The Bible talks about tasting of the powers of... Of the world to come. I believe this is part of it. In time to come. You and I are not going to be limited. Like we are now. It's to, I'm looking forward to finding out about it. God. Had translated him. For before his testimony. Excuse me his translation. He had this testimony. That he pleased God. What was the testimony? He pleased God. Who gave the testimony? God gave the testimony that God was pleased with what? His faith. God was so pleased with Enoch's faith that he said, why don't you just stay with me? No need you going back today. You just stay here with me. And he was translated. Verse 6, but without faith. That God holds precious and testifies about it's impossible to please Him. Didn't say challenging or difficult, it's what? Impossible. I mean, that means no way. There's no way we can please Him without this precious thing called faith. For He that comes to God must, not optional, must believe that He is. How many would put up a hand and say, I absolutely believe that He is? That means you believe he's real, you believe he exists, you believe he's God. Do you? You're not struggling with it. You're convinced. You're persuaded. And you're happy about it. But you've got to go on beyond that. You've got to believe something else. And you must, not optional, you must believe that he is what? A A rewarder. Woo! He's a good God. You draw near to Him, He draws near. He responds to you. Ask, it'll be given. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be open to you. You've got to believe that when you get serious about God, you get real about God, you start reaching out to Him, praying and believing, something's going to happen. Something good is going to happen. Reward from God is coming back to you. Not, we'll see if anything happens. Oh, it will happen. Something will happen. But now if you say, well, I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Then you're not doing this. You're not believing that he is a rewarder. Oh, thank you, Lord. For time's sake, just skip on down to verse 39. You'll see that all through this chapter, not just faith, but faith and witness Are recurring themes. Faith and testimony. And the big thing here. Is who's testifying. God himself. Is testifying. About these people's faith. And we got to remember who we're talking about. The almighty. Who creates stars. Solar systems. You talking about somebody who's seen it all. Yeah. What impresses him? Faith. Faith. Jesus, the Bible said, is the, as he walked the earth, is the express image of the Father's person. Everything Jesus said and did is a direct revelation of the Father himself, who he is, what he is, how he is. And you see, do you remember what Jesus got excited about?
1: People's faith.
0: Yeah. More than one occasion, he said, And again, here's the Keith Moore paraphrase, if you'll you'll allow me. He said, wow. Now that's good faith. That's great faith. I hadn't seen faith like that in the whole country. And on some occasions, his staff was standing right
1: there.
0: Was Jesus impressed when people had strong faith? Did it minister to him? Did he get excited about it? He commented publicly about it and said, this is great faith. This is wonderful. Why would he do that? He only said what he heard the Father say. Yeah. He is expressing the Father's heart. That's why without faith it's impossible to please him. And all these obtained a good. He's talking about all the people in Hebrews 11 that he mentioned in these previous verses. They obtained A good report. That word report is the word for testimony. Through faith. They didn't receive all of it. God for us. He had something better provided. That apart from us they might not be made perfect. Now skip on down to the 12th chapter and verse 1. This wasn't written in chapter and verse. It's all written together. After saying all of that about faith. And witness. Notice how he ends up. Wherefore. seeing We also are compassed about with what? So great a cloud of witnesses. 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 Let us lay aside every weight. Let's lay aside the sin that does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. What race? What race? It's a, it's a faith race. And it's a witness race. What are we doing in this race? What are we doing down here? We're doing the same thing they were doing. Their time on earth has come and gone. We're right in the middle of ours. Ours will soon be past. What did they do? Out of all the millions that were on the planet... How many understand, there are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of names that are not in Hebrews 11. Why? Because they came, they saw, they lived, ho-hum, they died. They got up, went to school, came back, got up, went to work, came back, washed the clothes, combed their hair. Got up, ate, went back to bed. And when, it, when they had opportunities to stand up for God and to believe God and to do things for God and to step out and obey Him in faith, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. didn't. Oh, but the eyes of the Lord are scanning, searching to and fro throughout the earth. And though it's not common everywhere, there is faith. I said there is faith. There's faith in the hearts and that's what happened in their generation Abraham had faith. Hallelujah. Moses had faith. David had faith. Come on, can you see this? Abel had faith. These individuals in their life and in their generation had faith. And so when it came time to believe God, they did not falter. They did not fail. They believed Him. They stood up. They confessed Him. They acted on His Word. And now for centuries, they've been in heaven With proven faith. Hallelujah. They have joined the great cloud of testifiers, witnesses, with a testimony, and now God Himself testifies about them. You know soon and very soon where you and I gonna be.
1: You know where we're gonna be?
0: We're gonna join. That great cloud. We're gonna be another Another witness. They're gonna greet us with open arms. They're gonna greet us. why? Because we're one of them. I said, cause we want you should have shouted about that. We one, one, one of them. We're one of them. We're one of them. We're one of them. They're gonna greet us. And God Himself will bear witness to our faith too. Because he's no respecter of persons. Real faith is real faith. Wherever you find it. I want you to say it another time. I am. A true witness. A bold unashamed witness. bold unashamed witness. Of what the Lord. Of all that the Lord. Of all that the Lord. Has done for me. Praise God. Stand on your feet everybody. Oh praise be to Jesus. Praise be to the Master. Praise be to the Lord. Lift up our hands. Lift up our praise. Lift up our thanks. Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving us the light to be a witness. Thank you, thank you, thank you that we're not lost. We're not in the dark. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just go ahead, lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Tell him that you're thankful that you can be a witness. You're thankful that you've got some genuine faith in your heart that can please him. Thank you, Lord. We're not in the dark. We're not lost. We're not left out. Thank you. Thank you for including us, letting us have, have a part, letting us be a part. Thank you.